Creek Walk Coffee and Pilsen. Here we go. When I was young, me and my mama had beef, 17 years old, kicked out on the streets. Though back at the time, I never thought I'd see a face. Ain't a woman alive that could take my mama's place. Suspended from school, I'm scared to go home. I was a fool with the big boys breaking all the rules. Shed tears with my baby sister. Over the years, we was bored and other little kids. And even though we had different daddies, the same drama when things went wrong, we blamed mama. I reminisce on the stress I caused. Yo, 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 man, what's good? It's your boy Jay Banner here for another Epi for Christian Coffee podcast. Today we got a big shooter in the building, K-Rod Visuals, man, a.k.a. Christina Rodriguez. What's up, guys? How you doing? I'm pretty good. How are you? Wonderful. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for having me. It's yeah, an honor. There's no problem. So before we get started, make sure to give them a little more in depth. Let them know who you are real quick. So, like he said, my name is K-Rod. A lot of people get that confused with Crod. I don't like that. Do not call me Crod. Um, but I am a freelance photographer, videographer. I've been doing it for about six years now. I studied all throughout high school and college. And um, I just, you know, create work that I feel like can tell a story rather than just taking a cool photo of somebody. Like, I want you, I want people to cry. I want people to be inspired. So I create I create work for myself and, and for the people who feel like they need something um, to get them motivated to, to do what I do. Um, in the beginning, in high school, did it start for you? When, you? when did you pick up the camera for that? So my brother recommended that I took um, my school's like film program class, yeah. and I so I started doing film. I didn't start, I didn't start photography until oh, okay. I was like maybe a freshman in college when I actually had my own camera. So I was taking the, the, the school's um, like film classes, making music videos, commercials. Like We used to make recut trailers, and we would have to take... So we took shots from um, The Notebook, and I turned it into a horror movie trailer from those... <laughs> so it was like he was stalking her. So yeah. like we would do like cool, cool little projects like that. That's um, funny. I really had fun with it. Like the, My classmates were cool. Like We just got to do so much cool shit compared to... like the ceramics class and like I mean I still took ceramics but like yeah. I really enjoy just visual storytelling and um it just felt cool to be holding this cool ass camera and, and creating something out of it yeah that's that's like when you um when you first picked it up and you started capturing things like what was your feeling for that like moment honestly I was a nerd in high <laughs> school like I, I had friends but none of my friends were like confident in themselves and they're like I oh, don't take photos of me you know oh, so okay. I, but I had six dogs so I Damn. would take photos of all my dogs and I would take photos of plants and like just random shit because I wanted to get practice. Like, but um, yeah, I just started taking photos of my dogs, printing them out for my family and they like, they really loved it. And it meant a lot to them, especially when my dogs passed away. Like, you know, having those photos was a lot for them. But then I started to meet, I met a studio out of college when COVID started. I dropped out of coll college when COVID started and I met a studio um, canvas house, Alan, Alan, uh, ATO, Alamy official. I met him and he owned this place and I was like, yo, this shit is dope as fuck. So I started shooting, um, more like as in, uh, like just shooting them dancing, shooting shows, not what I was used to shooting before I met him. I was, I was low key an animal rights activist. I still am, but I was heavy into the animal rights activism. So I was shooting like slaughterhouse stuff, um, protests. Oh shit. Yeah. I, I was I was really into that shit. I, I stepped away because it just 
felt so the people in that in that in those communities like the animal rights like they were so like extreme they'd be fuck you if you're eating meat fuck you you're going to hell it's like you grew up eating meat too like you can't judge somebody for doing it like you have to show them in a different way you can't start off off rip saying fuck you like go vegan bitch. Like, <laughs> you know so Holy that shit. that really like that really made me upset so i didn't want to be affiliated with those type of vegans so i kind of just stepped away but yeah when i first started you know freelancing i was shooting animal rights stuff and protests and you know all that shit and I met Alan, and I just started shooting more dance, and I had a studio space to shoot out. So I, I learned how to use strobes. I learned how to use, you know, backdrops, um, just everything. And um, I, had some, I had a lot of mentors that helped me through that, and it really just was a long process. And it, it feels good to look back now and, like, see the people who booked me even when I was booty. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, y'all really was rocking with rocking me, and with I it. wasn't even good, but, like, I was good for the time, at, time of my life, yeah, you know? Yeah. But looking back, I'm like, bro, that shit was booty. <laughs> <laughs> so when did, when did you join the, the animal, animal activist? Like when you're like 15, 14? So, no. So I went vegan right out of high school. So when I was 18, I went vegan. And I went vegan because I watched a documentary on Netflix called What the Health. Oh, yeah. But I, I went vegetarian. And I was also dating a guy at the time whose parents were vegan. And my mom's a butcher. Like I didn't, this is not in my, yeah, yeah. In my palate ever. So... And I'm half Me- my family's half Mexican, half um, Polish, so <laughs> we eat a lot of meat and a lot of dairy. Um, so yeah, I just I, w- I watched this documentary and then I was also dating the guy. We both were like, let's do it together. So it helped that I was doing it with somebody instead of doing it alone. And I was also 280 pounds, so I was like, I need to do this. Like I'm gordita. Like I'm I'm tired of being like this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And my family has a history of high blood pressure, obesity, cholesterol, like high cholesterol, all that shit. So I'm like, I just want to break these generational curses. Um, so I've been vegan for six years. And um, yeah, at first it was for the health. And then I did more research. And I was like, Loki, this is bad for the environment too. And it's like, I don't want to really, I really don't want to hurt an animal. And nor do I want to pay someone to do it on my behalf. Yeah. So I I just thought about it. I'm like, this is a win, win, win. And like, I'm going to do this. And at first I was angry at like that. None of, no one in my family was like wanting to do it too. I'm like, y'all don't see like the hypocrisy here. <laughs> But then I realized, like, there's my grandmother who's, you know, in her in her 70s. She's two-time breast cancer survivor. She, you know, drinks a glass of milk every day, has diabetes. Like, I was, I was trying to, like, show her, and she just, there's people who don't, who are already so stuck in their, their um, you know, their routine yeah, my, yeah. that they, they don't have the capacity to change. And I had to learn that the hard way. So it hurt a lot that my family didn't want to do it, but at the same time, like, I can't hate them for that, yeah. and I can't hate anybody for that. So, but I th- think it's a dope lifestyle. Everyone should try it at least once. It's definitely worth a try. Um, but it is definitely like a um, you have to have a good um, what's the word? If you have a meal prep, like a good meal prep, yeah. Like, cause my daughters are like uh, growing up to be vegans. Like, we're four, three, and two, cause we did the same thing. Our forks and knives. I don't know if you ever seen that documentary, Forks and Knives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it talks about the food cycle, the pharmaceutical company the cancer society and everybody how everybody just cycles the money to give the drugs out for the you know chemotherapy and all that shit and it's just all one big cycle with the meat they're poisoning the meat you know and all the people just got to do the research i don't want to yeah. sound like conspiracy theories no everybody. not at all it's not even conspiracy <laughs> i know it's facts. But everybody just fucking gets canceled nowadays like fucking talking i talk about this shit a lot that's what i'm saying so it's like as you should 
because uh, it's important, man. People just, I, it's the same thing. I have the same problem with my family. Like, I bring it up, and they're just like, ah, oh, you just fuck, you don't know what you're talking about, whatever. Like, ah, oh, oh, my God, here he goes again, you know? It's just like, bro, I'm trying to just give you guys some knowledge, you know what I'm saying? To maybe do your own research. Everybody got these smart-ass phones now. You don't read something, you know what I'm saying? It's that simple to pick up something to read now. Yeah. So. People just don't have the dedication to learn new things. Or try to get on program, because that's, like you said, you're already programmed to eat meat. So, like, it's hard for you to break that cycle. Or everybody's just like, even my uncles are the same way, you know? And they're just like, oh, I'm just too old to try something new. No. It's not. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then, um, my dad, I, I actually recently helped my dad with a, a herbalist. I know a herbalist, and uh, I, he kind of changed my dad's, like, heart disease when the doctor told him that there was nothing that could be done, you know what I'm saying? And he yeah. went, like, a strict vegan diet and ate nothing, like, but berries and nuts and, like, good shit for the heart, like dandelion root and mm-hmm. shit like that. And, the, and that's, you know what's crazy? I heard that the dandelion, the Roundup killers, yeah, 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 the yeah. Roundup people, the same people who own Roundup are also the people who, who work with the Heart Association. Mm-hmm. And that's crazy because they know that that's a, that's a herb that's going to help you, but they want to make sure they're making it's a weed. profit off of it. And that's, like, the biggest weed that they, they like, promote to kill mm-hmm. if you think about it in every like commercial or picture of a weed you'll see a dandelion and it show like and then everything's edible on the dandelion yeah you can make it, honey out of dandelion everything yeah, yeah it's pretty crazy it's pretty crazy uh, the things that grow around us you think that's a weed it's actually beneficial for you mm-hmm. a lot of people don't understand that either that's that's crazy though be uh, being out there like what was the craziest thing you did out there like protesting for uh, while you're taking pictures well, you witnessed I was there for the um the George Floyd like that those, those riots that went down like I was there and that was my first time being in like that type of uh protest and I was with a friend at the time that I just I wasn't really close with her I just like went went to school with her. I was like, let's go. Yeah, yeah. And I brought my camera and I was shooting and then the riots started breaking out. We were at the Trump Towers and then everyone was like, fuck this. We turned around and they all broke into the banks, the jewelry stores. My homegirl ran in and grabbed some shit. I was like, this is fucking insane. Like I was never, it just was, it was so much. Yeah, it yeah. was like a rush. Cause like there were so many of us, they couldn't do anything. So like, you're not going to get in trouble. But just being there was like, holy fuck. Like, this shit could go it, crazy. It, it, for real. <laughs> it was going south. and um, But we got out of there. Um, but as far as like the animal side, I there's a, a slaughterhouse on Ashland. and I think it's like on the border of Pilsen and Bridgeport. Park, Pack, Park Packing Co. I used to be part of an organization called um, Anonymous for the Voiceless. And we used to, every Mondays, they would go at 3 a.m. They would be pull up. And there's a truck that pulls up at 3 a.m. to the slaughterhouses. They go, they go that at that time because they don't want the public to see the trucks. Oh. So we would go, um, and they would bring, like, those water uh, guns where they would we'd give the pigs water. We went that one year. It was, like, negative 15. Like, the, we had, a, like, a polar vortex. They went on a, one of the coldest days. We looked inside the truck because they just parked it there, and they wait for the employees to come, which is at, like, 6 and 7. Yeah, so the, the pigs are sitting in these trucks, and they drove all the way from Ohio on these cold. on these trucks with no, it's literally the holes in the trucks. You've ever seen a sl- like a, a truck? Yeah, yeah. All these holes, driving fast as fuck on the highway. Like they're cold. A lot of them had frostbites. A lot of them's ears just came off, like they were broken, and just dead. A lot of them are already dead on the trucks and like Jeez. shaking. It's so sad, but it's like at the same time, it's like we view pigs as like disgusting, and it's like, why does it take an animal to be cute? For its life to matter, because a lot of these motherfuckers out here <laughs> ugly as hell, but that don't mean they, you know, they deserve to die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But it just made me, and I would document it. I would shoot it, and I would make little PSAs. I'd put it out, and, like, no one cared. But I cared, you know? And, um, but I stopped doing that because I would be depressed for the whole week after seeing that shit. And you'd also get sick because the animals, the just being by those trucks, the fume, it stinks. And it's... All the bio waste and all yeah, that shit. Yeah, it's horrible. And, and then, yeah, just... I They're just, just all shitting on each other and laying in it, It's right? two deckers. Oh, so, so shitting on top mm-hmm. of each other. And it'd be goats and goats in there, too. Um, but, yeah, shit is fucking sad, man. But... I'm not here to make you sad about that shit. <laughs> that's crazy. No, that's cool. But man. that's a part of my life. That's why people are like, why the fuck are you doing this? Like, why are you vegan? It's like really because I had to go through this whole spiritual journey and realizing and changing my ethics and aligning my morals with my actions because I don't think anyone genuinely wants to hurt an animal. Yeah. You know? So I knew I didn't, and I just wanted to change, make sure I wasn't a hypocrite, you know? Well, I mean, people out there just need to try to, like you said, to go vegan. I did it for like 90 days, and it was like the best thing. I actually fast for like 16 days. That's amazing. And just, just took a iris sea moss and some herbs. Yeah. That's a burdock root and dandelion root and a tea for the whole 16 days. And it was like the greatest feel. I don't, know, I don't know how to explain it to people. It's like when you get to day four, it's like you get this sensational feeling. Like you're just like, you can do anything. Your mind's starting to clear up. Because you got all this fog and mog in your fucking brain from all the food and toxins and chemicals we ate and drink. People drink. Just think about all the the yellow dyes people drink in their Bro, bodies. The red dyes. <laughs> the red dyes. The, red the yellow dyes. Fuck fucking people up. The Cheetos. <laughs> Bro. These kids. The kids be eating these Cheetos. Those fucking flaming hot Cheetos. Yes. Oh, yeah. That shit's all just chemicals, man. It's so bad. I would never feed my kids some shit like that. So after that, after how long you were doing that for, for the animal thing, and then you moved on to? Probably a year I was in that, and that was after the fact that I had broken up with my boyfriend who went vegan with me. I This was something I did on my own, um, and yeah, I was angry that whole year. I was just like, why? Why? People don't care. Like, <laughs> why? And that's another reason why I left, because it just, people don't give a fuck. People don't. But that's for any social rights movement. You know, people are not going to give a fuck, or they're going to hate on you, or whatever. Um so, and that's not always the way to convert people. Like, so you know. Those people are trapped in the matrix. That's why they don't understand. Man, I was just talking <laughs> about this shit with my homie, literally. He's like, you're in the matrix, Christina. Yeah, for real. <laughs> like, people are just like, because it's crazy. Like, my, my, I had a big spiritual trip, too. And I tell those people, like, we crossed paths already in our past lives. We're just crossing paths again in this life, you know. Mm-hmm. And we're exchanging whatever we did last time. You know what I'm saying? Our presence, our guidance, our wisdom, our frequency to help us get to that next level because not everybody vibrates where we're at you know what i'm saying i think where we're at or have the same conversations you know what i'm saying to understand where you're coming from it's because uh a lot of people don't are still programmed like there's this book i'm reading right now it's called uh becoming supernatural and it mm-hmm. talks about being in the eternal now and then tra- changing your future or changing your past in order to change your future or your past, you must change your eternal. Now you can't change your past. Your past is already done, but changing your future instead of being that program person that you've been doing, like, you know, you're going to wake up tomorrow and go to work, punch a clock in. And you're going to do this every day for the next week. Cause you know, this you're programmed to do this. But if you change your day to go do something that your mind's thinking about, you want to go do for your personal self, like things that we think about that we want to go do, but we really don't go do them sometimes. And it could be beneficial to us, but we just don't go do it yeah. to change that future. That's if, me right now. That's yeah. literally me right now. <laughs> I go through that too. Don't worry about it. It happens all the time. Like for real. 
I don't know what it is. It's just Gemini's, I guess, because I guess, because <laughs> I'm telling you. What's your, uh, do you know your your other signs? Like, it's like you're rising, you're descending, or you're whatever the fuck. What's that? Enlighten me, please. Um, I don't I don't know too much, because like, clearly, but. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. But it's like you're rising, you're sun, your moon, and you're rising, and you're descending, or whatever. So, like, mine, I think I'm a Gemini, Capricorn, Gemini. So, I'm a double Gemini, and then Capricorn is, like, how I feel on the inside, Gemini is how I present myself, and then the other one is like how you feel. Or I don't even fucking know. <laughs> I got I got CoStar to tell me that shit. Um, you should download CoStar; it'll tell you all your whole. Um, it's app. Yeah, you, it's it'll tell you your whole chart. But oh, like that um, my homeboy Indian friend. He talked about that. Like when they're born, they got like a whole astronomical mm-hmm. like life plan. Like it explains their whole life, and it's pretty Damn. dead on. There's actually my girl Ree was on here too. She explained the same shit. She's like, it's pretty accurate. It's kind of crazy. Like, because when they're born, it's a certain day and whatever the stars are aligned, it basically dictates their whole future or how they're going to be as a yeah. person. It's, it's pretty, she said it's pretty fucking accurate. It's pretty crazy how accurate it That's is. How it's just, if, you, if you go deeper in your chart, it'll tell you like more. That's kind of the same thing. Like how, however the moon is, however the stars is. I don't know who the fuck made that <laughs> up, but that shit is intriguing. Fucking Da Vinci or somebody back no, then. the Mayans or something. Or the fucking, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so getting into that, leaving your boyfriend, moving forward, and then... <laughs> Bro, he looked like Ice J.J. Fish, I'm not going to cap. Who? My ex, he looked like Ice J.J. Fish. Who's that? Don't worry about it. <laughs> if you know, you know who Ice J.J. Fish is. Uh, but moving, you went to school for photography? Yeah, for film and then photography shortly uh, into college. I started taking photo classes. That did you uh what'd you learn in that? What they give uh, you? Photoshop, but they didn't teach me too much about Photoshop. I had to learn mostly Photoshop on my own and through YouTube University. <laughs> yeah, shout out YouTube. Yeah, they just showed me how to put a photo in the Photoshop, how to cu- like add filters and export it. Like they didn't teach me how to mask things, how to you know add for real, real for real. My teacher was like, it's because the type of photography I do now, I've learned on my own and, and through like the art that I want to create. I'm like, I want to do that. I'm gonna learn how to do that. Yeah. But the, th- the stuff that they would teach us was more like, you take a photo, and then you're going to make it a little brighter, and then bring down the contrast, and then you can export it. Yeah. Like, it wasn't, they didn't do anything creative. They didn't do any, you know, surrealism. It was all just take a photo, export it, this is how you do it. They didn't give a fuck, you know. Yeah, yeah. I went to a really privileged school. I'm really grateful to, to, go ha- to have gotten pre-college credits from, that, from taking those classes. But um, I definitely wish there was more seasoning in my classes <laughs> <laughs> just a little bland yeah yeah that for me i i, I was self-taught i saw like i didn't graduate high school so i didn't even worry about fucking anything else i was too busy in the culture of the streets you know mm-hmm. and then growing older and then quick story my wife bought me a camera after i told her a story and then we graduated you know i started picking it up taking it here and then i started with strobes we started with like just using off camera flashes mm-hmm. youtube university so i Picked up a book on speed lighting, and then that was it. And then it just came here. That's why I like to shoot more. What do you? What style of photography you like to shoot? I like studio. Um, honestly, it goes with the seasons. Like right now, I like doing clubs, like cl- like playing with the external flash. Yeah. And like especially doing the slow shutter shots where the flash hits the subject, but all the lights in the background are They're like blurred. are blurred. Yeah. I love it, and people eat that shit up. Um, but like for a lifetime. Just storytelling. Like, I consider myself a visual storyteller, and that goes, you know, within 
photo and video. Like I want to make my audience engaged. I want I want to make something that no one's seen before, and I want people to relate to what I'm doing and not just taking a photo of a sexy woman, <laughs> which we've this seen is a thousand times. Yeah, like or a sexy man. Like you know, just I just sex sells, but at the same time, like I just want to be. Um, I don't want to be known for that. Yeah, me either. That's uh, that's that's how I feel too about the same shit. Like it's just like. Every time I open up and there's a photographer, it's just all sex scenes. It's like, bro, there's other ways to prevent art. I mean, you saying pre- yeah, to show to, to show, show art mm-hmm. to instead of just a sexy woman or sexist or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But that's the way the world is, and that's the way the world is gonna keep going. Sexy red. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone loves that shit. It's like, why y'all want to be hoes? And man, the other day, not man, it's just it just looks so terrible. Like, it's just, I don't know what it is. It's cool to be you, but that's just like, come on, man. Have a little bit of. Modesty. Yeah, a little bit. A little, just, just a tad. I mean, it's, that, <laughs> it's just so funny. It's, I mean, that's the way the culture is going, though. If you think about it, I always talk about the narrative, too, of that. Like, the frequencies of music. You know, how it changes people. Young-ass kids out here want to kill ops, smoke them up. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And pick up the, and, and it's just like, people don't understand that. Like, the power of their voice. It's so powerful. And if they if they if they understand how powerful their voice is and start changing the narrative, people might start listening. These kids might start listening, start being a leader for these kids instead of giving them something that you know what I'm saying is going to bring ultimately pain to other people and family in the streets. You know, mm-hmm. and it's so hard for Chicago. I don't know what it is. It's just like so many. I don't know what I deal with so many people about it, and it's like man, it is what it is. You know, it's no, there's no fixing nothing. There's no changing no mindsets. People are just lost out here with no consciences. Kind of crazy, yeah. With Chicago being Chicago, I know did you have a deal with any uh, shit like that with being a photographer in Chicago. Um, let me see. Honestly, you got to drop names or anything. No, I mean I've had my fair share of of like just shitty clients. Um, but I feel like the the biggest thing for me, like I've that's been an ongoing thing I deal with, is just honestly being a woman and doing this shit. Um, I feel like it is upper hand. I do have an upper hand when it comes to like people feeling comfortable around women, like mm-hmm. men and women feel comfortable around me. Um, but a lot of times when I'm working with my with my team, if I'm hiring people on, a lot of them, majority of them are men. Like I don't, it's hard to work with. I have one woman that I work with. She's my assistant. But everyone else I work with is men. And a lot of times when I hire people on and I go to the shoot, the client, if it's my first time meeting the client, they confuse them, the men, as the boss when it's really me. You. So that hurts, but I get it. And um, that's just one thing that, that just, like, it, like, fuck, like, that shit hurt. Don't worry. Um, but, no, it does, it feels good. Like, I'm really glad to be in a position where I can pay people. Like, it feels really, really good. Um, and just call myself a boss. Like, that's fucking lit. That's it. You know what I'm and let them know, shit. Fucking make videos, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm the boss of this shit. Don't get it twisted. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's fire though, shit. So when when you first started out, how did you go out there and like start dealing with the riffraff like that, like getting rid of those kind of people and finding better? Yeah. Um, one of my homies, um, well, Los Cut It said this, but his photographer, Average Panda Ricky, um, they also have a podcast uh, called In the Cut. They're dope as fuck. But Los said this, and he said. And it really, like, it stuck with me. It made me realize, like, I'm tweaking. Yeah. He said, the only reason you're busy and you're stressed 
is because you're not charging enough. Not, he didn't say it exactly like that, but it was like a variation of that. And I was, I was busy as fuck at this time. I was like, why the fuck am I getting so booked, but I'm still fucking stressed and I'm still fucking broke. I had to raise my rates. So by raising my rates, I lost a lot of clients. I was slow for a while, which fucking sucked. But then I started to, one, grow as an artist, get my quality up there, and then get bigger clients to pay more and respect my rates and don't question why I'm charging what I'm charging because my work shows and proves it. Um, but even then, like, something that I struggle with that now is, you know, clients being extremely picky. They want to. Yeah. They want to monitor every single part of the project. They say, "No, this needs to be changed. That needs to be changed. This needs to be changed." They want to hover over my shoulder as I'm editing, and I don't like that. I don't feel like like you're booking me because you think I'm talented and, and the art that I show. Exactly. So let me take control. Sit back, relax, and I'll create something for you how I see fit. Because that's why you contacted me. You know. So that's the only thing that I feel like hurts now. Not hurts, but just like the thing I'm dealing with. Um, and then also a lot of times I just get super fucking, um, I push it off. Like I, I take forever to edit one thing and then it comes the day before the due date and I'm like, fuck, <laughs> gotta get it done now. Oh my God, we got so many similarities. That's fucking hilarious. And I honestly, I used to be the type to run home, take my SD card out, put that bitch in the computer, edit that bitch in the same day. And now I just want to sleep. Yeah. I want to fucking <laughs> do, I want to chill, like, and yeah, I just, uh, I definitely need to get back into the mode of, like, being scared to, to turn shit in late. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm usually the type that shows up 30 minutes early or an hour early to shit because I have a, I have a fear of being late, and I showed up on time, like, <laughs> so I'm not talking about today. When I, when I told you a little hour later, you were probably like, yes, thank you. Like, <laughs> I can rest for like 30 more Literally, minutes. For real. Um, um, but no, I just want to get back into the mode of like uh, getting shit done earlier. But I'm also able to hire editors now, so I don't have to edit a lot of my shit. Man, you know? can you send me some of those guys, please? Yes, I have one, one girl. She's raw as fuck. And like, she does it so quick and she does it exactly how I need it to be. So... I'm blessed to have find finding these people. Also through my business partner, um, Transcend. He, bro, he just he brings a lot of people together, and a lot of us have similarities. And we, you know, we oh, we want to do this. I'm gonna work with you on that. Like, or this, no, nah, fuck with that. Fuck fashion. Like the girl I brought, the girls I brought to the ice cream fashion show. Like they just wanted to fucking, you know, experience the show. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, and then I have a fashion show on the 17th at Healthy Hood, um, the Dio de los Muertos fashion show. Um, that I'll be walking in, so I'm not gonna be able to shoot it. But I'm gonna put up my shit. I'm like, who, you know, we just need a camera operator, and a lot of people just want to volunteer because they fuck with that shit. Yeah, so yeah. it's just dope to have people in my circle, and people who follow me too, like who just want to get their foot in the door and and experience these new types of photography because that's how. What that's I think it's important to try all the types of photography to figure out one what you're bad at and good at, and yeah. two what you like and what you don't like. Yeah. So that's that's kind of why I'm reaching out to you now because I'm kind of getting back into the scene because I fell back for a while and just chill because I did like concerts and, and and the rap scene for so long, you know. So I was just like, man, I need something different. So I ended up hooking up with this MUA, uh, Sandy, and she ended up coming through. We did some concert photography, some creative photography. So I was like, man, I just want a different client. So I'm saying, so who's in the scene in Chicago scene? So that's so I was like, hey, and then I met uh, Can't Buy Dean. With mm -hmm. that, maybe that night we all met together. Shout out to Hunch Punch. That was the night you met him? 
Yeah. Oh, for the real? first night. Yeah, Those yeah. little like mason jars. Yeah, yeah. That, that shit crept up on me. I was so lit. I told dude the next morning, I was like, bro, I don't know what the fuck you got in those things, but that shit snuck up on you. It was boy. it was liquor or weed. I don't remember. There, I don't know what it was. That shit is. I was just. I think it was liquor. If you did you look at those pictures, I was lit as fuck in those pictures. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> fucking lit. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, god damn, my homeboy. Who was I with? I was with two official and uh, who else was I with? Can't even remember those two official boys. Uh, Cheddar, Cheddar, Uncle Cheddar. And then, man, I was fucking lit out that fucking guy, Hunch Punch. Shout out, Hunch Punch. Hey, Jose, start that again for me, would you? Or you could just press the power button. I don't know, the record button, record button again. Who was the photographer that night? Uh, the homeboy, homeboy that did the leader's photography. Uh, what's his name? He had the backdrop set up. That shit looked tough. Yeah, the way the way he did the lighting, it was, mm-hmm. it was it was clean as hell. That shit got me some inspiration. I did something like that with my baby. Uh, we got sat her in just a bunch of shit and just like threw her in like a bunch of photography shit and threw her right in one of the beauty dishes and just took Aww. a picture. It came on fire as hell. And I was like, man, that shit look cold. And that's what, that's how I feel. Do you feel like you could just kill anything? Like anything you do, you could just be the best at it. No. 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 I feel. Any, that like must anything be the June. Is, anything that is, must be the June Gemini. Anything as far because <laughs> my homeboy that was in here last time emerged. Shout out emerged. He was uh, born in May too. Okay. Well, he, what do you mean kill anything? Like like anything you anything you do like in life, you feel like you could destroy it. I mean, yeah, but I, I always have mm, no because I do have writer's blocks. Like I used to make a lot of music videos when I was when I first started at Canvas House. I was doing a lot of music videos, and a lot of these people. One, artists don't have budgets, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm already not getting paid a lot. And then two, the music is trash, respectfully. I don't like your music. Um, a lot of them. not Some of them I actually did fuck with. But a lot of them were just like misogynistic music, and it's like, you're hiring a female to shoot this. Why the fuck are you talking about bitches and hoes? Like, So he's like, what do you see when you listen to this song? <laughs> <laughs> I see bitches twerking on a car garage. Is that what you want me to hear? Like, is that You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I don't. It's hard for me to be creative when I'm not inspired, especially by music. When I hear a song, that really creates a story in yeah. my head. And then I'm like, uh, it's, but if I don't fuck with the song, I just see fucking fuzz on the TV screen. Like, <laughs> It's just like, oh, uh, yeah, all right. Yeah, I got you. I, uh, uh, I can't. It's the same shit over, though. Everybody's talking about the same shit, especially in the, in the music game. That's why I had to step away. It's yeah. really if the beat gets me. I'm a f- even if the song is talking gibberish, if the beat is hard, you can fuck with it. I'm a because you with can it. chop that shit up to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, getting back into like the words you said, like just changing the narrative of what like the people I, I track now. You know what I'm saying? So I'm trying to get out into like the more creative style photography, more studio vibe, where I could just. Be in here instead of worry about pointing guns at my camera and shit like that. What <laughs> you mean? Like oh, shooting. I see, I see you. I see you. I'd rather be shooting flower with, with, with women or, you know what I'm saying, yeah. nicely alligated women instead of fucking guns at you, like a violent scene or some shit. Man, I did this one music video. <laughs> I want to send it to you later and you should, cut it. you should cut a clip of it in the video. But I did this one music video and the song was not good. Um, but it was my homie's brother. So I was like, I got you, bro. Like, what's up? Yeah, so yeah. we shoot it, point and shoot. All the scenes are pretty much performance shots. There's no story being told. And he's like, can you put me inside of this safe? And I was like, what? Like, he had a safe. He opened it up. He's like, can you put me inside of here? And I'm like, sure. 
So we got a green screen, put him on the green screen, did a shot of like his performance on the green screen, and then I edited it in. <laughs> he opens up the safe, and it's just so fucking funny to me. He opens the safe up, and there's, like, money in there. There's a gun in there. And then you see his little ass. <laughs> but low-key, I snapped. Like, I'm not even a cap. Like, I, that shit was so corny to me, but it looked so funny. Like, it looked hilarious. I loved it so much. How long ago was that? It was, like, two years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was so fucking funny. But And then he, his song was called Jeopardy. So it was, like, do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. So I photoshopped him, or I, I edited him on a TV screen on the Jeopardy game, yeah. and he's like, eh, eh, eh. <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious. It was so funny. Is that your first time using a green screen? No, no. I I don't I don't like using green screens honestly. Me either. It, but it's cool. Like when I finish it, I'm like, yo, I fucking snapped. But <laughs> it's just tedious. Yeah, it's a lot of work. Yeah, a lot of work, cut framing and all that shit. Mm-hmm. You got to get that feather just right. Like then it it'll look all fucking weird. That's what, like, here, I shot my that whiteout video that I'm doing now. It's for, That's what I want an editor for because uh, it's not fitting in with my time schedule right now. I'm trying to get a couple. Uh, we shot, like, four of them or five of them already. I'm working on the second one. The first one was a straight shot. But it's just the way it's fucking laid out in here. It's pretty good. You yeah, know, it, it looks looked, good. It looked, it looked real good in there. And I was just like, man, this shit looks fucking tough. I need to get this shit out quick, you know? So mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, shoot me definitely an editor. I yeah, can definitely use for it. sure, for sure. I got, I got you. I know, some, <laughs> I know a few. Um, so moving forward, yeah, and start making a, a bigger impact in Chicago area. And people still don't respect you as a boss, as of right now. I feel like people do. People, once they, once they get to know me. I mean, I don't. I walk around very like I don't be talking to nobody. So that was gonna be another question since you bring that up. Were you always that like outgoing and sp- speaking to people, or were you like introvert just to yourself? And bro, I was a nerd. <laughs> I was a fucking nerd, bro. And n- being a nerd doesn't mean you're quiet, but I was a quiet nerd. I did good in school. I got good grades. I fucking minded my business, and um, I just was really insecure, so I never wanted to speak up. I felt like I sounded dumb, and people were just gonna be this fucking bitch is dumb, but. I feel like what got me out of my shell was being a waitress. I had to, like, I w- I, my sister was a waitress, and she's like, bro, look at this money. Da-da-da-da. Like, I was in high school. I was like, yo, I can make some money. What's up? Because <laughs> before that, I was just working with my dad, like, installing drywall and fucking installing toilets, tile, like, the manly-ass shit. My, da- <laughs> my dad's Mexican, so he has his own. He's a freelancer. So that was like, oh, I want to be a freelancer, too. Yeah, yeah. So he taught me how to work hard and just m- make my own. But I was a, being a waitress was like, I had to, like, sell it. Had to, I had to make a sale. I had to get people to be, this bitch is cool. I'm finna tip her fat, you know? So I had to get people to like me. And I was a waitress for, like, all throughout high school and college until COVID. And um, then when I came to photography, like, I was mostly, when I first started, I was shooting people who are not models. Yeah. And they don't know how to fuck the, the pole. <laughs> so I'm like, you need to do this. Or, oh, this looks good. Or, oh, this. Like, oh, you look good. Yeah. Like hyping them up, like I, that's the biggest part of this job because if your model feels uncomfortable or they feel ugly or they feel like you know they're not doing the right thing, you have to be their mirror for them because they don't know what they look like unless you got a mirror in your studio like you do. Yeah. You know, I don't always have that, and um, so I think it's just important to make people feel good about themselves because the difference between saying, "Oh, don't do that pose; that doesn't look good," instead of saying. Try this instead. Like, there's a language that I had to learn and, like, learn how to how to 
basically what is it like pet people like <laughs> well, what is that term you know what i'm talking about uh like you just had to like mold, mold like kind of but basically just talking to people in a way that i was not used to and that's really what i feel like made me become a more outgoing person but i'm still i still keep to myself like i don't i don't really approach people unless i'm approached i don't talk unless i'm approached to you know yeah yeah, yeah. so unless i'm like this motherfucker raw like look at their fit or you know they just per- they just performed and I'm like yo you're raw like unless I'm like driven to like say something to them I don't even be shooting my shot at motherfuckers like I'm not I'm not that type of person yeah, yeah. so I never really you know say anything unless I'm like this is uncomfortable silence I need to say something <laughs> <laughs> that's how I feel too like everybody that crossed my path that day that's just meant to be type thing you know what I'm saying like everybody that I, I don't really don't go out the way either to talk to people. It's just like, all right, cool. If we, we make eye contact, we're going to make this happen. Let's do it. Then you know I'm saying kind of vibe, but that's yeah. it. So, like, everybody that I meet is just like, it's all, like, like I said, it's all, I believe we're all God and goddesses on this planet. You know, we keep redoing this life over and over again. You know, just different avatars. So, it's like, we're just, this is this our, our life again, meeting again in this life. And there's a reason why we all meet. We all one big circle. That's I fuck with that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like a purpose of why we meet. It's a lesson and a blessing. So why did it happen? You know what I'm saying? So we gotta that. figure out why all these people that we are meeting throughout the day, why are they coming to us? Why are they in our lives? You know what I'm saying? What's their vibration levels at? Where's their thought process at? So and you can feel that too. Yeah. Like you ever walk into a room and just be like <sighs> Yo, motherfuckers, <laughs> motherfuckers is tense in here. I need to walk the fuck out. Like, uh, yo, yeah. that's a feeling. Like, even with dogs, like do- animals, like they know when. I saw this video of somebody holding a monkey. They're like, "All right, bro, I'm gonna give you the monkey." So he puts the monkey on him, and he's stiff as fuck. He's like, he's like, "Bro, chill out, like chill out." The monkey, and then the monkey starts freaking out because he's he's like uncomfortable. And then the monkey goes, and the other guy, the other guy's like, "Sis, monkey immediately lays down, takes a nap." It's like they. Animals feel that we feel yeah. that if you if you close in your third eye or whatever you want to call it, like the older you get, the more you suppress those feelings. Yeah, it's just it's pretty crazy how that happened. I took a big spiritual trip though. That's how I came to all this conclusion about life. Shrooms. Yeah. Yeah, I've never done shrooms. I took like a excessive amount, <laughs> like seventeen grams. Fuck no, baby. <laughs> <laughs> It was a lot, and it was like I seen everything from the beginning to the end. It was crazy as hell. It's crazy as hell. You saw the beginning and the end. Yeah, it's pretty Shit. crazy. It's pretty crazy. I would have, man. And it felt like I was like, like I said, like like I just explained, like we've been spirits, but we're just in different avatars, and we've been doing this shit for centuries, and we always get back to like this point. And I it's like pretty, that. Yeah, I pre- like that you say that. That's really cool. It's, it's pretty, pretty crazy. Like what, I always ask people. This is a question I ask literally everybody. What if you were to die and be reincarnated as any animal? What do you feel like your soul would choose? I don't know, a bear probably. <laughs> I, that's, that's fitting. <laughs> that's pretty fitting. It's pretty fitting. Yeah. Very like, yeah. A big co- cozy yeah. ass bear, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Pescatarian ass bear. For sure. What about you? I would be a bat. A bat. A bat. An eagle wouldn't be bad to fucking be. Bro, you're soaring. in the sky. Like, yeah. no one can touch your ass. Yeah, the eagle either. That's pretty big. Almost, I think it's illegal to kill. kill Bald eagle. Yeah. yeah, fuck yeah, you're going to jail. And you're going to get fined. <laughs> <laughs> There's some out here in Indiana. You know that? Bald eagles in Gary, Indiana. Oh, I believe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They migrate. There's some here and fucking live here. That's pretty crazy. They were only out west before, but yeah. they, they moved out this way. 
Just like coyotes, fucking crazy ass things, you know. About they're not from here. No, they're originally in the West. Uh, so Joe Rogan, there was a there was a guy on there that was fascinated with coyotes on Joe Rogan podcast. Shout out Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan, get at me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he's the reason why I started this shit. But anyway, my brother loves Joe Rogan. Yeah, he's he's fucking great. Him and Joey Diaz. Mm. You listen to Joey Diaz no, at all? He's no. fucking hilarious. But anyways, this guy was talking about um, coyotes. At night, they have like a roll call. So they all howl. And as soon as one doesn't check in, the female goes in heat. Wait, what? Yeah, as soon as like the coyotes don't all check in. As they, they don't all howl? Yeah, they don't all check in and howl when the, 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 the call goes out. Then the one that doesn't, when she doesn't hear one check in, the female automatically goes into heat start reproducing that because they assume oh, that that one's dead died. yeah yeah that's fucking crazy so they become every time every time as they get killed off they have more and more coyotes so they eventually migrated here what pretty crazy hell? all the way from the west that's insane animals like the earth is crazy like mother nature out knowing her shit you can't do nothing about mother nature because yeah. she's gonna do something crazy about that Did you, like the end of the world supposedly like, the pole shifting here like yeah that's, i feel like that like it's starting, like, I feel like in June it's going to be wintertime, and then it's going to be opposite. The seasons yeah. are just changing. Mm-hmm. Longer winters. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody talks about, like, global warming, but you got to think about, like, the Ice Age, right? It was only literally, like, 11,000 years ago. We're still literally melting from the Ice mm-hmm. Age. So, of course, we're going to gradually heat up. Yeah. If you think about it, we've been, the ice been melting for 11,000 years. And you know what? I'm going to bring it back to this real quick. <laughs> The biggest cause of global warming is animal agriculture. It's animal agriculture produces way more greenhouse gases than planes, trains, cars, and automobiles combined. Are you serious? Yes, I swear to God. Just fucking. So people were talking about, I'm going to walk to work. I'm going to save the environment. No, boy. Stop fucking eating meat. (laughs) Just kidding. No, boy. (laughs) But no, this is big facts. Like they tore down a lot of Amazon to create cow farms. Oh shit! And then those trees are being used for what paper? I don't Did you know. ever go down to the Indiana dairy farm? No, but I know there's a lot, especially in the South. There's a lot, and it's, it's systemic racism because a lot of the pig and hog farms or whatever, like all the animal farms, are in communities of color. So those people are suffering from environmental destruction from g- gas from, from being in the air. And then when they squirt water, so they basically have oh, like I seen that. Yeah, they squirt the the. The fumes in it's like water, but it has all the caca pipichorro in it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's giving people asthma. It's giving people ha- respiratory problems. It's giving people like just a lot of bullshit, like bad stuff with their health. And but they're just doing this openly. They don't give a fuck. <laughs> they don't give a fuck. And then even the slaughterhouse workers, like they go home and they beat their wives because they're so the fucking, you know, beating an animal all day makes you. What is the word? Fucking I'm like, some kind of psycho, right? Yeah, like it, you're doing it and on repeat and you have, you're not having any feelings about it. Like you're just doing it. So yes, they go home and they have problems at the home because they're so used to having being violent all day. Beating so, these animals and yes. shit. Is this true? Yes. I swear to God, I'm not, I'm not capping. I do my research. <laughs> Fucking men is going home and beating well, their wives. I'm sure from, there's women who work at slaughterhouses too who beat Come their husbands. Home, beat their husbands or up. their wives, you know. But no, even their kids, like you're just, you're desensitized. That's the word. You're so desensitized to doing this all day that you carry it through your life. You have mental problems. Like you're, 
you know, like that shit's that shit fucks you up. Seeing all that death, you know. <sighs> then killing animals. Imagine you have to do the kettle prong every day. The kettle prong. That's when. Oh, like it's a it's the little shoots like a, just a, a cylinder of steel inside their head. Oh, yeah. But then they say that's the most humane way of killing Yeah, animals. killing them. Yeah, yeah. You but might just be that guy all day just fucking. And you know what's crazy? They charge more for that type of meat because, oh, the animal lived a better life. And it, they they had a more humane death. So what about kosher meat? I don't believe any meat is good because at the end okay. of the day you're killing an animal. I just want to throw that out I there I just first. think it's a, it's a scam when they say, like, farm-raised or, like... Grass-fed. It's like they're still dying. They're still getting killed for their body. Like, it doesn't make it any better. Just because it says humane doesn't mean you're a better person. Respectfully. Yeah. Respectfully. And I mean that. I mean that with a grain of salt. <laughs> I'm sorry. She, she didn't really mean that. She's just, you know, opinions I'm matter. mad now. <laughs> <laughs> opinions matter, though. Yeah. And w- w- what do you think about that, too? Like, people that speak their opinion and they get backlash for it. Um, man, because I'm that person. I've been that person. That's why, like, a lot of my homies, I don't talk about, I don't talk about the veganism ever. Like, I really don't unless someone asks me because it makes a lot of people hate me. Not even hate me, just be like, this fucking Look at you different. This right? fucking bitch thinks she knows it all. Like, but it's really just like, I think if it's new knowledge, you should be open-minded to it. But if you're out here saying shit that's, like, out of pocket or just really disrespectful and you know like we don't need that negativity yeah like yeah. I, get away from me what are you doing yeah like i was telling this to my uncle the other day like uh, as far as us as being family this is the reason why because we we get taught by our families that got taught by other families but like we lost the tribeness to the being together and understanding how we're supposed to be eating you know what i'm saying because over the last hundred years we got taught to be different like home-cooked meals don't even happen anymore if you think about that, like maybe for Mexican families still, you know what I'm saying? But for everybody else, like home cooked meals really ain't a thing. It'd be a convenience thing now. Like they got all these fast food everywhere and people are just used to convince and eating that. Like you're going out to eat, it's like, what the hell? Fucking a hundred dollars for what? Like <laughs> it'd yeah. be, it's crazy. I got f- five kids. So it's yeah, like <laughs> that's a hundred dollars every meal you get. For everywhere we go, it's like a hundred dollars. Like Plus. Unless you're going to like White Castle. <laughs> yeah, unless you're going to White Castle. No, White Castle be dude, <laughs> White Castle is fucking vile. <laughs> <laughs> that shit is nasty. White Castle's fucking everybody goes. That's why they go to the shit uh, the shitter after her. Bro, you ever had Arby's? Uh uh-uh. uh. Bro, good. Arby's is the most disgust like Yeah, I, I had Arby's a couple it times. It looks like a fucking it just looks like a like a dirty coochie. <laughs> it looks so bad. Like it looks so it looks and then you Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> guy on the couch over there cracking uh, up. <laughs> he knows he probably had Arby's before too. Like. Yeah, he had Arby's before. <laughs> but their fries are good. I'm gonna give him that. The, cur- the curly fries. Yeah, the curly fries be busting. But yeah. Anyways, what we talking about? <laughs> that's funny. That's great. So uh, after you switching and moving up with the with the different clients, how's uh besides the business that you said they're hovering over your shoulder a little bit? How do you think you can eliminate that? What do you think you got a reconstruction? Like how are you gonna read? configure that and a contract <laughs> yeah no contracts for sure i'm trying to get an assistant i have someone who wants to like take that position for me but i have a really hard time letting people help me me too it's hard like i, I don't it's hard to trust people yes yeah but like i'm a giver and i've helped people my entire life and i need to let people help me for once you know selfish a little bit that's selfish you need to be selfish oh yeah a little bit 
I, I'm saying I, I used to be a yes man as bitch. Like I was saying yes to free shoots all the time. And then, like, I'd be stressed as hell. Like, why the fuck am I keep saying Stressing yes? myself out. Yeah, like, these motherfuckers don't even tag me. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> it's like today, like, this dude I just recently met, he's like, yo, you going to come out today? And I'm just like, I told my wife today, I was like, man, I don't even like doing that shit anymore, honestly. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm on this just, like, shooting photography. I come film some shit. As long as shit's organized and shit ain't, you know what I'm saying? Because there's too much unorganization out here. And mm-hmm. people just... Expect you to be there all day. That shit, nah, man, we ain't doing this. You know what I'm yeah. And I work too hard to be where I'm at now, so I'll be like, fuck y'all, I'm good. I'll just go home. Knowing your worth definitely was for me, like, realizing that I am that bitch. Yeah. Like, being in, I was insecure, and not even just insecure about the way I look or the way I feel on the inside. Insecure as far as, like, I'm not good enough. Like, my work is not good enough. Yeah. And I always was like, I shouldn't raise my rates yet, or I, should, I shouldn't charge for this. 100%. And just realizing, like, I have a name. I have a household name now. And a lot of people, now I have the opportunity. To, I teach people. Like, I teach people photography. I teach people videography. Like, I work with, you know, I work with celebrities. Like, Hannibal Burris. Um, yeah. I've shot Twista. Like, I, you know, like, I feel like I, I sold myself short for so long. And just realizing, like, again, looking at myself in the mirror, like, you got this. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, stop fucking thinking that you ain't it because you are. That's like Gary Vee. You ever listen to Gary Vee? Shout out Gary no. fucking Vee. He's good. Check him out. Start following him. He just, you know, fuck what everybody else thinks. You know what I'm saying? You just you go do what you love and that's it. And don't worry about anything else. Everything else will fall into place. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And just remember, like, you are already beating so many other people because you're already doing something or you're already established. Like, you got to think about your whole life, too. Like, you are where you're at today and you don't realize you want you were dreaming this when you started out or when you started out in the beginning and now you're still living it. And we don't realize that we're mm-hmm. living it right now because we're still chasing a bigger dream, but we're reliving that dream that we already set out for us fucking five years ago. Yeah. I just moved into an apartment and it's a beautiful, it's in little village. So it's like not like I'm not living downtown, but my apartment is like really pretty in the inside. And like, yeah. I literally have had dreams of being this person I am when I was in high school. I'm like, I'm going to be a cool girl who does photography and I live alone and I have a cat. And like, I just like really <laughs> thought I wanted, I wanted to be myself today. Yeah, yeah. Like I, and I am now, you know, what I wanted to be. And like, I don't even realize like, I'm still really young and I'm already here. Like I know people who are in their, you know, late twenties who still live with their parents and that's okay. But like, I, I would live with people like my uncle used to live with us. He was in his late thirties and I was like, I don't want to be that. I don't want to be that. Um, and yeah, it just definitely motivated me to, to like, just do better and like, um, you know, get where I wanted to get where I wanted to be and, and get where I deserve to be in life. You know? Yeah. That's fire. Well, your work is incredible. Thank you. I was looking at it back in 2016 when you started. It looked like you started with natural light first. Dude, I started with the sun. <laughs> yeah, that's what it looked <laughs> the like. The sun is your biggest light, you know. But I've slowly realized that I can't shoot white people outside at noon. Because <laughs> they're going to look like a ghost. Um, <laughs> but, I, yeah, just learning lighting. It took me a long time to learn lighting. I, I First, I started with, with, with Constance. And then I was like, why the fuck? How the fuck these photographers getting their shit so crispy? Yeah. And I realized you need one of them strobes. So <laughs> I got one, t- trial and error for a long time. 
and then I was shooting in JPEG, and then the backdrops <laughs> looked. You know how like yeah. it's color banding? Is that what it's called? When the backdrops, you can see the the color change and the pixels in the color oh, change. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, why the fuck does it keep looking like this? I was like looking up all this stuff, and I'm like, I'm tweaking. I'm not shooting in raw. <laughs> Then I had to learn how to sh- how to edit in RAW and like how to export it to be the full quality. And then I was like, all right, now I understand how to completely get the highest quality image that I can produce. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> for me, it was like backwards. Like I told you before, it was uh, strobes. I learned to use strobes first, so it was like. Yeah. And then shooting outside in natural light, I was like, holy fuck! Like, damn, this is a different game. So let me let me try this out for a while because it was always just strobes for like the first two years. I never really went outside to shoot natural daylight for some reason. Plus, I was always in the culture, so I was always just doing shit. So it's like I wish I would have took more pictures of that shit, like street photography back then when I was in the culture. Like, it, I feel like it would have been a different perspective of my life, like it mm-hmm. just to show the storytelling of that. Because I have like eight years of like storytelling of my life that nobody's seen yet of content. So. Post that shit. <laughs> so I got like, man, it's pretty crazy. So I got a, a U, three YouTube channels I'm trying to work on right now. One, the personal one, and then Cushion Coffee, and then the Whiteout Freestyle. So I was telling my wife about you because I liked your work. I was like, man, I was thinking about hiring K-Rod to fucking, <laughs> you know, to produce this shit or Hell put it yeah. together, you know, because it's like I, I, I like your visionary Thank the way you, you tell the story too. So I was like. And she was like, oh, she's like, you seen her work before? I was like, yeah, that's I just went to go shoot with her, you know? So, like, I like the way you handle business and you had everything going. So, it was, like, cool. Because you don't see that shit around where I'm from, you know what I'm saying? Like, the, con- the structure or everybody's, they want this, they don't want it, you know what I'm saying? Everybody's out of line. And it's just, like, the, the clients you have. Like, just to. I want to see how that is because I, I don't come from that, you know, yeah. so as far as like. And you got to come shoot with my team, like Transcend, like he'd be pulling off these badass productions with a big ass, like we shoot eight camera, we did an eight camera cypher and it was, it was, we ran it through the Zoom or through the uh, A10 Mini. No shit. So we had eight cameras, I was one of the cameras and it was, it was a bunch of guys circled up rap battling, not even rap battling, just like, you know, going off the beats and spitting and that shit, like. And we do that. We do that quite often. We do it for like interviews or whatever the occasion is, and it's just so fun to work with a team. It's so m- less stressful yes. to work with a team rather than you having to do everything yourself. Like everyone has their role and they're good at it, yeah. and that just it made my job so much easier. Like without having him, like I don't think I would be as I don't think I would be where I'm at right now without having him in my life because he's helped me so much. Just in financially in business in business, like we work together a lot, and it just and he's younger than me, but he's taught me so fucking much. He's so smart. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's like Think to Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. You ever read that book? Mm. It's about having conferences with people that have the same mindset or direction that you got. And it's about finding the people. I just found this book like a couple of years ago. So building the whole business structure for us is going in and trying to figure all this shit out, taxes and all this other shit, keeping shit. And it's, I work full-time job too, but I recently got laid off. So I kind of like put my time into this when I get laid off type shit because it happens frequently not not frequently every so often but uh and it's just moving forward and learning the business and going and not being taught and just everything just YouTube University it's just like and then meeting more people like you said just gaining the knowledge from other people that's why I created the podcast too, to have discussions on how mm-hmm. people learn to market themselves or strategize themselves you know <laughs> I see you I see you so this way you gain knowledge because knowledge yeah. is free and something like Nipsey said you can steal knowledge from people you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying you Even from the little people. Yeah, 100%. That's what, I mean, everybody 
instills knowledge in, in the game. You know what I'm saying? It's not even stealing it. It's just that somebody's speaking it and you're listening to what they're telling you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you can utilize it in your own life. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people just have a hard time retaining knowledge. They're so stuck in the matrix, literally. <laughs> like, they don't want to learn anything. And it's like, you can literally learn something from the fucking person that you, you just talking to somebody on the street, you know, like, you just got to dig for it. But that's also a part of being a people person. Yeah. And that's a skill that not everyone wants to have or has. Um, so <laughs> I had to build that shit on my own. So going through that, how how was you the hump of you getting over self doubt of dealing with people and everything? Um, I feel like for the people always like people, I get a lot of compliments. Yeah, I get a lot of compliments. Um, you know, K Rod, you raw as fuck. Like, I never believed people. I was like, I was like, thank you, but like in deep down, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not that. And I think for me, the biggest like. I have two little cousins. They were born when I was six. So we're six years apart. So now they're 18. Yeah. Um, the oldest one is 18. And they've always looked up to me. They're like my little sisters. And they saw me through my journey of photography. And they're like, you're so Christina. You're so dope. Like, Chrissy, like, we love you. And, like, you're the coolest. Like, they're just yeah. so, they love me so much. And they show me, like, like, I need to do good because they think I'm raw as fuck, but I don't. Like, I want to feel like how they feel about me. So they they don't even know it, but they motivate me so much because they remind me so much of my younger selves. Um, so just having like that drive, like some people it's their mom, some people it's you know, my mom is the sweetest woman ever. Like <laughs> she's literally my biggest fan. Like she she's like she shows all her friends at work. Look what my daughter just said, and it just it feels good to have that. But I think no matter how much I had that. I had to, like, learn it on my own and, like, think, like, again, like, I am that motherfucking bitch. Like, yeah, I, like, yeah, I got to yeah. believe it. So I think it just, I got tired of being, like, sorry for myself, and I had to change my perspective. Like, I'm still growing, and I'm still not 100% there, but I, I just don't want to feel sorry for myself anymore. And um, I want to be my best self, not only for myself, but for everyone who thinks I'm already my best self. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's important. For me, like, when I started the podcast thing, I thought about the same thing of getting over that hump of people just talking shit or just hearing my voice. Cause, and then my wife is like, this is perfect for you because I don't know how to shut the fuck up, she <laughs> says. <laughs> you got ADHD? Yeah, hell yeah. That, a lot of weed smokers do. Yeah. I think it's good for people with ADHD. That's why I don't do it because I don't have ADHD. And I feel <laughs> like when I smoke weed, I be... <laughs> be all chopped and <laughs> stuck and shit. Is, yeah, stuck. <laughs> stuck like, uh uh, be that smarter, dumb person. <laughs> I just don't say shit. I'm literally like scared. Oh shit! <laughs> but yeah, so I think that's once 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 everybody gets over that self doubt part and just overthinking things, like and just do it. You know, it's yeah. a, it's an important part. It's just getting out there and doing it. And for me, it's just uh, the kids thing. It's just like man, challenging because I had to my first baby mama and she, it was like challenging to see him so like the, the the next three like it was just like i wanted to spend more time with them hey jose yeah it stops every 30 minutes <coughs> and then uh 
for me to be able to speak to them. And then if they ever get like discouraged or anything, they could be like, oh, my dad did a podcast. Why do I got to be scared? You know, give them that encouragement to look forward to something instead of having that self-doubt, giving them that uplift for their self-esteem. Because I think that's important for parents. Like you need to praise your kids a little more, you know, just to so that they're not alone and they're, they're good at what they do, you know. And it's a, a big thing for the culture that raised in the streets. You know, you don't get that. A lot of a lot of depression for kids. Like Juice World even sung about it in all his fucking songs, you know? And it's like nobody paid glorified it. Yeah, and they just glorified. Nobody paid attention that this kid was screaming for fucking help. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it, mm-hmm. and it's like the small things of that right there of self esteem to teaching our kids that we can be great at anything we do. Just look at Kanye's mom, you know what I'm saying? So he could do anything. His mom never told him he couldn't do nothing. It's about changing the, the the sentence, how you tell people, how you talk to people. Like yelling don't get nothing out of kids either if, you, you're, if you're yelling at your kids and you're that kind of parent, you know? It's like uh, you ain't going to build no self-esteem that way. Yeah, I'm scared yeah. to have kids. <laughs> that for one of those, those reasons. Why? Just like I feel like I need I'm, – I'm, I don't know. Just raising kids is like – it's scary to me. This world is so scary. Oh, yeah. And – I just, I would, I don't, I don't know. I just, I'm just scared to have kids. And like, especially if I'm, if I'm not with someone who I feel like I want to be with somebody who clearly has that skill to be assertive because I'm not always assertive. Yeah. So I need someone else to do that for me, you okay. know, but just being a single mother scares me. My mom was a single mother. Like all my friends were raised by single mothers and I just, that just sucks. Like that's, yeah. it, it's my mom struggled so much and I just, I don't want to. I don't want to leave that legacy forward. Well, the culture doesn't even teach that anymore, though, either. You think about, oh, the culture teaches you to fucking get a fake ass and titties and you're going to get you a man or a baller. (laughs) Get a trick. Yeah, like, what the fuck? You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's different compared to growing up the generations. It's kind of crazy as fuck. I'm I'm scared for my babies, honestly. Mm -hmm. Like I got three, gr- four girls. So oh. My oldest is seventeen. And how, how you have five kids? Or yeah, five so kids. So one, one. Oh yeah, yeah your son. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Damn. Yeah, and then my daughter's seventeen. And they're they gonna got, hate each other. Well, they're not gonna hate. Like having sisters growing up is fucking annoying. You think so? Yeah, I had an annoying ass sister. <laughs> like I love her, but she's so fucking annoying. She just did the most. She stole all my clothes. She's a fucking <laughs> argue with me all the time, like for no fucking reason. So yesterday, my my middle one, she's like the gordita. So she yeah. likes eating all the grapes. She loves grapes and blueberries, <laughs> How right? Old is she? She's only three. Okay. So the little one, the baby rosemary, she's two. So she was she was picking her grape out like all nice and taking her time, and then she pulls it off and she drops it on the couch. My second one grabs it and stuffs it in her mouth, just like real quick. Damn, I was like, got Naffy, her ass. like. <laughs> What are you doing? Don't do that. She just wait. She was gonna eat that, and she got all sad on me. Yeah. I was like, oh, come here, come here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just trying to teach them to uh, a different way of how I raised them, you know, and taking accountability as a parent to where I fucked up the first time. Not really fucked up. I mean, I could he could be a worse kid, you know, but he's not. He's a great kid. He's got so. a lot of girls to look after to yeah. protect. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's what I told him. I told him he's gonna have the best counsel though, if you ever need something, because women are the best ones that can read people. <laughs> I said you could go to them and ask them about anything about what they think about that person they're going to give you a whole different perspective but, but you're going to pay attention to what they're saying because they can read that shit you know mm-hmm. so that's what I told them you're going to have the best counsel dog if you ever need anybody and that was crazy because we had like that spiritual trip 
And I told him that he was tripping out. And I was like, he's like, I was like, that's what I thought. And like, you, you guys would be fine. I was like, you just got to go to your sisters for everything, dude. They're your sisters. You know yeah. That goes back to that uh, tribe thing. Mm-hmm. You got to learn to be a tribe within yourself, even though your sister's annoying as fuck. <laughs> they got, they got, they but, got the intuition. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's got. You know what I'm saying, and especially our elders. That's why it's important. That's why the ha- family is so broken up. The so- society is built that way to, for the families to be torn apart like that. Fathers be missing. You say in my single house, moms be going through that shit. It's kind of crazy. You dig deep and do some more research, you know, and you see how the ghettos were brought up for the immigrants when the migration came over and everybody took them to go vote for certain policies and all that other good stuff, you know. Yeah, and then that's why we're homeschooling, too. You? Yeah, yeah. That's we're homeschooling. Tough. That's tough. See, everybody says that, too. Like, they say, like, homeschooling is the experience, our experiment. But in actuality, schooling is actually the experiment. Because mm-hmm. schooling was always done at home by the families for centuries before schooling was actually invented. Or I, think saw about this, that. I saw this High Thoughts uh, post <laughs> today. It was like, why do parents pay to send their kids to school when they can just teach their kids themselves because they already went to school? <laughs> <laughs> and he was like sitting there high as fuck he's like doesn't that concern you <laughs> <laughs> but you think about that too because you think about like the time the gap that your kids are gone from you in school like your eight hour gap or ten hour days whatever the hell they're getting influenced by the world and not the ones that had you you know and that's important I think because mm-hmm. you learn more I did more after we did research we said uh, there's many videos of kids they grew up with their parents or their daughters with their mothers because the relationship was stronger because, you know what I'm saying, they talked more, they were more, and they, they had more time for activities like softball, volleyball, because they literally said they could do the whole year in six months or they could do it in two weeks. Mm-hmm. So, like, they had to, all this other time to learn from their parents of how to prepare for the real world instead of wasting time in the books and 30-minute periods of just chilling in the classrooms yeah. and you know, fucking decimals and doing dumb shit. <laughs> not even paying attention, you know what I'm saying? So, but that's fire. I'm, um, that's, uh, it's always good to have a fellow photographer on the podcast. Hey, thank you. <laughs> thank you again. This is fun. No problem. Uh, appreciate you sliding on me. Where is my phone at? You took it. My phone. Unbelievable. But uh, one more time, our uh, condolences to your friend. Yeah. That's why we opened up a dear mama today. So everybody out there, man, give your mama a hug. Mm-hmm. Much love, man, Christina. Thank you for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. No I don't problem. smoke weed, but it's all right. I drink coffee religiously. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't even get into that. I, I was going to say... Um, coffee and anxiety i was gonna ask you about that and anxiety yeah yeah i feel like it does give me anxiety yeah i was gonna say instead of weed you said honestly, weed you said honestly, weed the, the posh also i smoke the, i smoke the fucking nicotine shit do you the, the fucking pod things yes you caught you me that st- time you was like what the fuck you doing <laughs> <laughs> but yeah because yeah, i'm just a terrible i'd be shaking i'd be like holding something i'm like why am i shaking the whole dude from tdk they came on there like yo dog <laughs> I fucking just got to give it up. You know, so they started wheezing and shit. So I was like, you know, just, I tell my son that shit too. Cause he started in middle school. Oh my 
Mamas. And I was like, dude, you gotta give that shit up. You know, his cousins do it too. And like that vaping shit, that's not cool. Smoke weed or something, it's cool, but fuck, I guess, man. But don't fucking do that. Cause that's it's literally just, illegal to sell in Chicago. And those things are chemical based. You, you literally have to go to the fucking the guys, but hey, bro, give me the shit. <laughs> and they take you to a back room, they open up the wall. No shit, for real. On God. I'm not naming no names. Yeah, yeah, I know. But they, I'm like, damn, is what's what's in this shit that I can't buy it up front? You know, like, yeah, yeah. But in the in the suburbs, you can you can buy it regularly, but in Chicago, you cannot. So it's like, hmm, what? Mind what the fuck's going on? Are you serious? Yeah, I swear to God, <laughs> they'll give you the if they'll in Chicago if you don't if you're not a regular at the store, they'll give you the non nicotine. They give you the zero. Just nic- the fucking the, the, yeah, the flavor. The, the, yeah, that, but, that's crazy. See, that, that should just give you red flags there. Red flags right Literally. there to stop. Literally. <laughs> uh, real quick, what's the, what's, the, what's the future plans for K-Rod? Um, so my friends make us ask this question a lot. They're, they're like, okay, go around the room. It's like a team building shit. Like, go around the room, see, meet five people, and introduce yourself as yourself in five years. Yeah. So I'm always like, hey. Introduce yourself like in, in, fi- as yourself in five, in five years. years. Okay. So the last time I do this, I was like, Hey, my name is K-Rod. I am a freelance photographer. I'm a business owner. I own a studio. Um, I am a creative director. I work with many companies, you know, making their vision come to life. Because I don't want to be a shooter forever. I can't hold this fucking gimbal till I'm 40. (laughs) I want to be a creative director. I want to, like, make people's stories come to life. um, Help people, you know, make their visions just stronger and more storyline-based. And work with celebrities, like, um, I would love to live in Atlanta. That would be pretty lit. Uh, even though I love Chicago. Atlanta's lit, though. Atlanta's fucking lit. Um, not even lit. Like, hey, we lit. It's more like people, everyone respects your rate. Yep. And they really want to book you rather than take advantage Everybody's of working. Everybody's famous. <laughs> Everybody's working. It's so crazy. Like, that's, oh. Like, I love Atlanta because of that reason. The first time I went down to Atlanta, was probably like five years ago. And that's, like, the most thing I loved about it. Like some everybody's willing to work like mm-hmm. right away. Like we'll I'm just you. having a camera out. They yep. was like, "Hey, can I book you?" I'm like, "You don't even know what my work looks <laughs> like, bro. Like you don't, you know, like they're just trying to work. They're trying to yeah. get content. Like that's what it is in Atlanta. That's why I love Atlanta too. Like, man, it's crazy. It's just like the culture in, in Chicago is so different. The culture in LA is even worse. The oh, more yeah. the more west you go, like the fucking people are fake. People want to take advantage of you, and they don't, re- they don't respect you as an artist, you know? And when I went to Cuba, <laughs> I went to Cuba, and then in Cuba, the artists are seen as, like, up here. Yeah. They're seen as the visionaries, as the, wait, the wait, intelligent. Cuba, how was that? Wait, hold on. You went to Cuba? Yes, I went to Cuba. <laughs> how was it? Well, for what? Um, you got booked? So I went, no. I, I work with an organization called Healthy Hood, and then they are work with an organization called Pastoras a la Paz, Pastors for Peace. And... They take a trip to Cuba every year, and um, they basically they donate a lot of food, a lot of medical supplies, a lot of stuff that they can't get because all the things that come into Cuba are from Cuba. They cannot buy something from China if 10% of that product is made in the U.S. So we go, we educate our people. We go for two weeks. We educate ourselves on Cuba so we can come back home and say, this is what it's like, and it's not as bad as you thought. Thank you. Um, my grandma's actually from Cuba, so my biological father is Cuban and Puerto Rican. But the dad that raised me was Mexican. So my, my biological, my grandmother is from Cuba. And when she was in Cuba, she was a centera. But when she came to the States, well, she came when she was 18. So she fled. 
So she came to, she went to New York. And when, she, at growing up in the States, they diagnosed her with um, schizophrenia. But back home, she was seen as like a smart woman because she saw these things. And it's so it's viewed way differently here than it is there. And that like made me really want to go just to learn more about where my grandmother came from because we stayed at Havana, which is where um, she's from. But it was a beautiful experience. People are so fucking happy there, and they don't have a lot. There's no nobody's homeless, but everybody's housed like five to a house. Yeah. Um, the cars are fucking. It's so expensive to have a car, and all the cars are old. They're old, old school. Like you know when they stopped trading. Fifties and shit. Yeah. And um. Everyone wants to leave. Everyone wants to go to other countries, but they can't because they don't have the proper visa. Um, so communism is bad there, but at the same time, it is really good because they, they do have free education. They do have free health care. You know, no one's homeless. The cops actually do their job, and they don't fucking beat people for no reason. Like, they're actually looking after their people. Um, I was walking around at, like, 3 a.m., and there's this people. I'm walking with some locals we, we just met. And there's these people on the streets recording us, like on their phones, and we're like, why the fuck are they recording us? And he's like, no, that's okay, that's the police. Like, they do that just to make sure that we're safe. So if anyone goes missing, they know where they saw us last. Are you serious? Yes. And they were wearing normal clothes, like they weren't wearing their uniforms. They were just on the streets at 3 o'clock, just standing there, like, making sure the streets are good. So that was, like, the culture shock for me. Yeah. Because I'm always like, fuck the police. (laughs) You know, I just got a ticket this morning, fuck them. Like, you know, so... It just yeah, it's 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 really dope there. I recommend you go if you ever get the chance to go. Yeah, that's that sounds that sounds like uh, Africa also. My homeboy said he went to Africa and he said it's so different there for the culture of you know black people and everybody African Americans. It's like when you go there, you're welcome. Cops don't look at you like they do here in the states. You know what I'm saying they don't even look at you. They're they're not gonna fuck with you unless you're fucking doing something bad. They're not no stereotyping. Mm-hmm. And for him, it was a culture shock too. Like he's used to like no, nah, but you're welcome. You're like kings and queens when you come here to Africa back home, you know? Because I, I believe we're all descendants from yeah. Africa, you know? Santia. Your Santia. Your grandma was a Santia? Santeria. Yeah. That's crazy. Kind of, we got something in yeah. common. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, I see you. That's, that's why I was like, oh, okay, that, that makes sense why you walk through these doors. Yeah. A lot of, that shit is just, and, and that's in every culture. Whenever yeah. you call it, brujeria, santeria, yeah. um, witchcraft, voodoo, voodoo, you know? There's Voodoo is actually a word for spirit. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah. That's cool. So a lot of people just get some misconception about it. And always demonize, demonize, demonize it. everything that Bro, comes from Africa. Especially with Halloween just happening. I don't fucking do that devil shit. I don't practice <laughs> that devil shit. It's like, motherfucker, I'm dressing up as a banana. Like, it's not no <laughs> devil shit. Like, <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, those rituals go back in history, though. People understand where Halloween really originated from. But... I don't want to keep you any longer. Yeah, sorry. It's been a long time. <laughs> uh, thank you for coming through. Thank you for having me, man. One more time. Um, appreciate you. And uh, forward to looking wor- uh, working with you in the Likewise, future. Likewise, and we will, for sure. Dear Mama by Tupac. R.I.P. Tupac. R.I.P. Shout out to all the mamas. I love you, Mama. Cousin Coffee Podcast. We're out, man. When I was young, me and my mama had beef. 17 years old, kicked out on the streets. Though back at the time, I never thought I'd see a face. Ain't a woman alive that could take my mama's place. Suspended from school, I'm scared to go home. I was a fool with the big boys breaking all the rules. 
Shed tears with my baby sister. Over the years, we was poor and other little kids. And even though we had different daddies, the same drama when things went wrong, we blame mama. I reminisce on the stress I caused. It was hell, 